Hello, welcome to episode four of the One Life Church podcast. My name is Sarah, and today we get to talk to some more of our friends. I think this is my favorite thing about the podcast so far is that we get to talk to people that don't always get to tell what's going on in their world. And so I think that's really fun. And so to my left, I have Kat McNeil, and Kat is the next generation director for One Life Henderson. Um, On the opposite end of the table of her is Ellen Brown. Ellen, what is your official title? I believe it's office administrator. Pretty much everything. Everything. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It should be like executive or president office administrator. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I'll yeah. take it. For sure. Yeah, that's good. And then our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson, uh, who will be helping lead some of the conversation. Yep. Uh, and then we'll kind of just get to talk a little bit to each one of them about what's going on um, kind of in their world, in our ministry here around One Life. Uh, Again, One Life, we are one church in three locations, and so it's really cool when we get to hear all the different perspectives from each campus because they are a little bit different, which is really fun, I think. So um, I guess, Brett, I'll let you kind of lead off if you had any specific questions for Ellen and Kat or anything that you want to talk about specifically from the message or kind of give a little bit of overview from the message. Well, uh, I guess the first thing I want to talk about the message, but, uh, you know, I obviously talked a lot, so I I would love to get a response from you guys. But I want to back up a little bit. And uh, I, I showed a picture of my wife and I. And uh, where it was like she literally got this Facebook frames had sent her a suggestion for a caption and it was a picture of her and I and it said, I love you, dad. And uh, yeah, so that was a great moment. And I guess my question is, uh, you ever had one of those humbling moments that you think about or is uh, anything that comes to mind that, you know, you, you look back on and you go, wow, that, that really kind of put things in perspective for me or embarrassed me or um, humbled me on some uh, some level for anybody I've got one Uh, it's always pretty funny so each week at at One Life I specifically get to make some videos for our network to kind of let people know what's going on and uh, give updates and at West somebody um, let me know that they had brought a friend that day and uh, their friend leaned over and said I like that kid yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm used to that at this point in my life, but it's just one of those like, okay, all right, I'm 34 and I still get that. So it is 34. So I always forget, and and I always kind of automatically go down in my scale of in those who have been to one life and they see you on the screen. We need to run bets on this or something. We're giving it up now, but how old is Sarah? Yep. And I guarantee you there's not a person on any three sites that would guess you even near 34. No. Uh, uh, and they would guess me apparently at about 67. So that's uh, <laughs> I, I, that reminded me of another one. I remember saying I was just kind of kidding about my age one time in a sermon several years ago, and it was uh, I, I said something like, and, and I'm 86 and whatever, and there was a kid like on the second row that said, he's not 86, he's like 65. <laughs> So, oh incidentally, I'm 53. Hurt. Yeah, that's great. So, apparently, <laughs> I'm wearing my ears well. So, any others that you can think of that? Well, there was a time in one of our churches that I was invited to be a service leader. And if anybody knows me, that is not my thing. And it was the most humbling experience. Now, what did that mean exactly? Well, to get, you know, kick off the service, to, you know, make a couple of just uh, announcements, maybe just something basic, you right. know, just to get things rolling and welcome the visitors. And I was in front of about 250 people and it was like, oh my goodness. And it was just, it was horrifying. Right. Now, now when you got off, did they ask you to do it again or just kind of never come up as a subject again? Well, they did ask me to do it again, and I okay. and I thought about people 
you know, just wanting to be encouraging, you know, and just say, oh, yeah, you did your good again, you know. But And I might have done it once or twice more, but I said, you know, this just isn't me. It's not you. Okay. So, yeah, that was, okay. that was a humbling experience. Uh, it was. Okay. And, and Kat, anything that's... Um, the only thing I can think of is just the age jokes. You know, my, my son, I have a 17-year-old, and so his friends are are constantly talking about your mom and how maybe sometimes she looks like your sister and sometimes she looks like your grandma. So it's, it's one way or the other. Now, who's the it's, kid that said grandma? I'd know, be like, right? hey, you, you, are, you are not allowed in our home anymore. You exactly. Uh, yeah. it, would it be terribly wrong to, I mean, Sarah did say her age. I won't, Never mind. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. We won't divulge any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. Don't ask me it's either. Not so, no, normally I, the yeah, I, okay. Never mind. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> sitting on, on set today with three women, Brett. That's right. And here's a basic lesson in, uh, in those interactions is yeah. you don't ask age. And, uh, and even if someone is 12 months pregnant, you never even acknowledge it. No, uh, so never. never say anything, never comment, uh, make any difference. Um, well, now let me, let me just kind of say why we've asked, uh, Ellen and Kat to be here today because the subject matter in the overall, we're, we're talking about the table. The table is a metaphor for the church. And one of the characteristics of the church, according to the New Testament, is we're supposed to treat each other with uh, preferring one another in honor or be humble. And uh, the, the running joke in the office was like, oh, oh, who got invited to that one? And they looked and they saw Ellen and Kat like, oh, you won the humble prize. All the humble people <laughs> got to come over. And, uh, and, and so it is kind of funny. To, and that's one of the illustrations of humility and the challenge of it because we are supposed to be uh, like the Lord Jesus Christ, and it says he humbled himself. He he was marked by humility, and we talked about it. it was a, there was a humility revolution that the church ushered in. But what, as Sarah and I were discussing who to have for this, uh, I, I did think, and we thought about uh, the two of you and, and others in our world that... Um, that do things behind the scenes that people don't see, people don't uh, necessarily ever even get to acknowledge, but are absolutely fundamental to everything we do. And I'm always intrigued by that. I get to be a platform guy. Uh, so they see me, they see musicians, or they see people that are kind of in the public eye, and Sarah now. But what people don't realize is that 99% of the work <laughs> that goes on in a church, our church, and it's about any church, is people that you never really see on a platform or whatever else. And so Kat is, uh, works with the children's ministry and the students over in Henderson. And Ellen is, uh, I always called her office the place of peace. She is the one as an administrator that she keeps us all sane. I think it, I, I've, I've, I've worked with Ellen for a long time and I used her office as the place, as the island of sanity in the insane world. <laughs> Anytime you're just not doing well, just go in there and sit. And it's great. And so she serves that function very, very well. So, but, but I was curious about, uh, especially with Kat, you know, watching people serve Sunday in, Sunday out, and the kind of things that you see. And if I were to go down the hallway uh, over in Henderson, for instance, and, and talk to the people that you work uh, for and that you supervise and those things, uh, and they, 90, you know, 99% of them volunteers. Mm-hmm. Why would they do what they do? They're back there with the kids minister. It scares most adults to death. I'm right. going to go back and work in kids. I, I, I couldn't do that. What do you think they would say? Why do you do this? Um, I think definitely they have a passion for kids and they want to see um, them grow closer to Christ. And so nine times out of 10, if you ask someone why, why they're back there, they're going to say it's for the kids. 
Yeah. And they, and I, and I guess, you know, I love kids. I really do. Right. I've got three. I've got a grandkid. You know, have I mentioned that ever before? <laughs> no, <laughs> never. But, uh, but I still, there's a little bit of a, okay, I, I love teenagers too, theoretically, but I, I don't know that I would necessarily, I do have a group of them now, but, but do most people, or do they just feel like they're good with kids? Or do you have some back there that do it even though they don't feel necessarily like they're a kid person? You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, a lot of them feel like they're called to that area and then that's where God has called them at, in this season. And some of them have been there for years. Um, and some of them have been there, you know, for just weeks. And, um, I really do think that the majority are there because of a calling. That's yeah. where they feel like that they should be. And they're supposed to be. Has anybody ever come back there and said, I feel called to this, but I'm kind of arguing with God over it. But I'm Oh yeah. It oh yeah. <laughs> you say that like, Oh, absolutely. I just had lunch with a, uh, at the time she was a potential leader, but she was telling me, Kat, I'm not, this isn't what I want to do, right. but I know that this is what God's calling me to do. Well, that's amazing. She's you know? leading yeah. back in elementary now. I think, can I, can I ask a follow up to Kat? You can do anything you want because okay. you're in charge. Right? Um, Besides that one, of yeah. course. Um, as you're saying that, like, I think that's something really cool to, to highlight is that people want to know, like, they'll probably only see a lot of times the next gen directors or even you specifically on Sunday morning. But like your week is filled with making sure all of that other stuff happens, including like you said, you had lunch yeah. with a potential leader and now a leader. Um, like, can you just talk I don't know, a little bit about like what that's been like? I mean, you've been doing this about about a year yeah. now and kind of how that has, I don't know, how you think about kids ministry and, and what it looks like to you right now. Um, yeah, it's not anything like I had envisioned or planned, um, whenever I answered this calling, it, it's totally opposite of what I thought, um, this gig was going to be, um, in a good way. I love it. It's great. Um, but I mean, I, our weeks as next gen directors are, are just slammed. I mean, we have a lot to do. Um, I would, I would say that we all say one of our main priority is resourcing our leaders right. um, and making sure that our leaders feel um, ready, ready for the week and ready for, um, for the kids and with the curriculum and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. I had a friend of mine uh, just asked me recently, he's, he's not at our church or any of that. He's just an old buddy of mine that won't come to church, but he, he's like, so you carry like another job outside of Sunday? How do you occupy yourself? And other people think that like yeah. you're, you're only, uh, you do that speech thing. And then I guess you don't have anything to do, uh, but they, and it's hard to explain uh, mm -hmm. what, what comes with that. Uh, no, so we talked about humility and uh, it's a tricky subject because of the whole, it feels like mental gymnastics sometimes. What does it mean to be humble? And we make jokes about, I'm really proud of being humble or, uh, and, and so I, I showed a video by a scholar who also wrote a book called Humilitas, which again, I'm going to highly recommend anybody, but he defined it this way. Humility is the noble choice to forgo your status, deploy your resources, or use your influence for the good of others before yourself. More simply, the willingness to hold power in service of others. And he picked that power because it was, it was this paradox that you do have power and gifts. And, and Ellen, when I, when I think of that definition, you're one of the people I think of because you've told me before that you view yourself as having the ministry of helps. I'm here to help others do things. And, and that's why that's significant and important to me. Like, was there a time back there somewhere? Was it right after you were put on the platform and you knew you didn't want to be there anymore? That, did you know that about yourself? Or have you always known? I just, I love being back here where no one can see me, but I'm doing stuff. 
I don't know that I knew. Um, I know that was where I was most comfortable, but I don't know that I knew it until I actually took a spiritual gifts test. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then when I scored highly in the gift of helps that I thought, well, okay, that makes sense. That's why I don't enjoy being on the stage. It's like, because I'd rather be back here just helping everybody else be on the stage. Okay. So you were like, it came back like a 98% helps or something like that? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what, you know, numbers or anything. I just know it was higher than other things. Okay. So what was the implications of that help? So how did they define it? Do you remember how they defined it on the test? Oh, gee, it's been so long ago. Um, just, you know, it would name off, you know, are you, uh, comfortable with this or that, you know, it was a comparison thing. And, and so it, that's how it shook out. Okay. We're going to point people to a spiritual gifts test this coming Sunday. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts and how they operate and how their, uh, operation for service, uh, that you, that you give. But one of the things I know it's marked by, which makes me suspect of my own gifts, is that you don't, you really are energized by and feel used by God when you're behind the scenes, correct? Yeah, right. And, and like, is that really true? I mean, do you, and it doesn't matter what the job is? Not really. Yeah. Not really. As long as, as I know that it's benefiting somebody else, right. that makes me happy. Yeah. And uh, it could be, I mean, that's the thing. You're not above anything. I've never no, noticed I've, that. Before. I can name a few things that I've done even here that I thought, Mm, this isn't fun, but right. it's better me doing it than somebody else who should be doing something else. Should we make her name those Ellen. things? They're probably things just for me. I'm sure she's <laughs> done those things for me, <laughs> too. <laughs> I have a question, Ellen. What? This may get edited out. We don't know. Okay. It depends on your answer. Did you make the sign that went in the restrooms? Excuse me? <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Is that all you yep. needed to That's know? That's all I needed to know. The women <laughs> of one life know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means. Yep. That, eventually, the that eventually went away, too, but that's okay. Okay, good. I have no idea what that means, but hey, yep. if you've ever appreciated the signs in the restrooms, <laughs> you have Ellen to thank. That's yep. good. Now we know. <laughs> yeah, 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 now we know. Can you think of other examples if you've watched people, you know, uh, hold power and service for others um, as you have you've kind of scan uh, whether personalities or just roles that you've seen that have uh, that have illustrated that in in powerful ways that that jump to mind. Can you say that again? Probably not. As you think about the definition, holding power for, in service for others, can you think of other examples? Not even it doesn't have to be names, but I've seen that happen. Someone that held power in in service to others. My example in the sermon was. Uh, uh, Bob Seymour and some other people in our organization, uh, the Ottoman Kid Zone is like defined as that. It's like they're they are there. These are people who are professional. They're business people. They're uh, they go after people who can donate money. They they spend their skills on helping kids who are under resourced and don't have those same opportunities to go on to go on to college. That, that's one for me. It was a very simple example of that principle that it's more about not doing mental gymnastics in your mind. So any other examples like a, uh, like an Ottoman kid zone or anything that you saw or you see week to week or in the office uh, <laughs> with people that you work with that, that you're seeing holding power and service for others. You really see that on display. Well, there, there are a lot of examples of that, especially here at one life, but one person that comes to mind and I'll just go ahead and say who, but it's Natalie, how she jumps in and she does 
a lot of things that nobody has any idea she's doing. And I feel like that is truly in service to others. And, uh, you know, they might look at her as somebody who is sometimes in the forefront, but she's down in the trenches a lot of times. And That's I, very true. Almost to the point where it's concerning. Uh, like, uh, you need to not do some of these things. I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, it's everything. It might be mopping floors if that's the need, because I've seen her do that when there's leaks or whatever. Or and then paint and or whatever. Yeah, and yeah it's painting the like, offices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but, like, yeah, she it's really, she does, uh, she's amazing at that. Yeah, and, it, and it, that does happen. And the rest of us, I remember she... Uh, our offices need to be painted. I just came in there one day, you know, you're supposed to call somebody or hire somebody or whatever. And she had painted the, uh, mm. painted the office and we're like, okay, well, thank you. First of all, thank you. Cause I'm not going to have to do it now. <laughs> I'm still going after the humble therapy. Right. So any others that just kind of leap to mind? Yeah. I mean, I think of the people that a lot of times, like if I'm, I'm in here in an, an evening for some reason, and I see people that are around doing things that I don't even realize that someone does that. Uh, like our facilities teams, um, like even at One Life, like it's amazing. I mean, it's something as simple as like, there's a bunch of light bulbs out, like someone has to take care of that. And, um, you know, sometimes it's staff members, but there are a lot of people that don't know about these facilities people that are coming in at all campuses building things to make sure that things happen or that um things are like like i said simple things like light bulbs but some other bigger things are like hey we need a new bathroom in this area can we help with that like there's people that it's just it's amazing to me yeah it's true yeah and they do it as volunteers yeah and it's just a part of it and you look like you were going to yeah. say something. Kat. I was just going to say that the two people that come to my mind um, are Judy and Patty, who clean our facilities, um, our campuses, yeah. and they go above and beyond, no doubt about Absolutely. it, um, every single week. And so, um, just we go in there, and and maybe my daughter's with me, and she'll write her write them letters and just say thank you because she notices, and she's five years old, and so. Oh cool. um, wow, that yeah. is yeah, yeah, five so, years old. Okay, well inspiration yeah. is all on that as you think about the kids area like what do you wish people knew about the work that people do back there like if you could just kind of get in front of everybody at one life and just say you guys need to know that this happens whether it's in students or kids or both does that make sense to ask yeah, yeah. um i think of our curriculum support team and all the time that they put in um throughout the week um and building stage designs and sets and all of that um they put they put a lot of time in and then a lot of those, um, individuals also serve on a Sunday morning. So they're, they're doing both. Um, and then I think of, you know, our directors, our area directors, and, um, they have full-time jobs and they are still putting hours and hours and hours in of, um, large group time and what, what that looks like in elementary or, um, preparing for a lesson in preschool. And, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, all of our volunteers, the majority of them have full-time jobs. Um, yeah. and then some of them also put in, um, you know, part-time hours, uh, as a volunteer. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that as I think about that, we, as a staff, we've talked about this. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but we, we've said, at least we try to say that you have to remember that the volunteers, most of them do have a, a full-time job. So we have mm-hmm. to kind of kind of do our own jobs and think in terms of what are we volunteering for and try to make that a principle. Like I'm putting in my 40 hours for the church, but I need to go ahead and put in a little bit more or a lot more because it, that's what people in our world are doing because they're carrying loads and all that. And the other principle I've realized through the years is that if something feels really well run, 
like no glitches, everything's great, it's organized, it's wonderful, and your experience is great. That means someone back there was really stressing over something. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that happens in kids' ministry, and people enjoy our services or whatever. Someone's sweating. It's like these technical problems are going on, and people are racing around, and I'll see people get real stressed out. But the person in the seats, everything just runs just as smooth and all that. But the smoother it is, you can almost bet on the fact that someone behind the scenes is stressing, really. You You ever been that stressed person, Ellen? No, you haven't. I'm sorry. Have I ever been? I've been that stressed, stressed person. I've never known you to at all be stressed. Remember, you're my island of peace. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you got it. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever been stressed about anything? What's it? I mean, oh, back yeah. there somewhere. Oh yeah. Does it still happen uh-huh. now? Like. Occasionally, yeah. Okay, occasionally. But you have told me, like, you, Ellen's been around the church for a long time, and not only ours, but others where she served, and you have given me some perspective of things you've learned about life, right? I have. And I, you have okay. absolutely. Like, <laughs> why are you so chill? I think I've asked you that before, and you have given me some. I think people should hear this. Uh, I wonder what I told you. <laughs> you want? I wonder what I told you. That the stuff that marked my life, but I would rather them hear. They hear from me all time. Uh, I went to the interview. Like, well, yeah, like things happen and, and things get crazy or stressful or whatever else, and you have developed a reputation for being pretty chill in the face of those things. So how do you do that? Because you went through a time in your life where you weren't as much. Well, sure, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think by the time you get to my age and you've seen what I've seen, which I never thought I'd say that in a million years, right. I you just know that the end result is going to be okay. You know, you've right. seen enough, you've gone enough ups and downs that... Um, God's in charge and it's going to be fine. It's a rocky time, but it's, um, it's going to smooth out and you know, you're going to be all right. You know, I just, I feel that way. I don't know what this specific thing I told you. I don't really Well, that was pretty much it. It was that like, (laughs) Hey, you know, I've seen a lot of things come and go. I used to sweat this stuff, but now I don't sweat it as much. Not as much because you've, you've had that faith experience where, you know, you didn't have the faith right. and you sweated it out and you stressed over it. And then you realize you've done enough of those that right. it's going to be fine. It's just, you just get through it and God's there. And, and, uh, I, he did it before he's going to do it again. You know, I don't yeah. know. No, I guess that's you, it. Well, you do know, and that's, that is what you passed <laughs> on. And, I, and there's a lot of us, especially, and you noticed I didn't take the opportunity to add, you brought up your age and I didn't even follow it up with asking what that age That's was. Okay. I just moved right on. Uh, I'm happy to be alive uh, at this uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> you say it that way, people are going to think, well, you feel like That's really what you mean that? when you say happy to be here. That's what you're saying. That's, That's right. right. I am happy this, to be uh, here. Uh, That's right. So, <laughs> but I, I didn't divulge that, but you know, you're saying that and a number of people that go to the average age at one life is 30. And, and so a lot of us need to know that some one with a little bit more experience in life can say, Hey, you know, it's going to be okay. Just kind of ride those waves and it'll be all right. And and that is part of Ellen's service in around our world and her holding her power and service of others is just being that sort of calming voice says, ah, it's all right. It's Plus all I have yeah. the coffee and the chocolate. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That's right. She, she keeps that in, important. in her office. True. True story. I was going to pitch to you, Sarah, because I, you just look like you had something in your head that needed to be said or asked or whatever else. No, not particularly. I was yeah. just thinking about that. Like, I think that's the difference with people like Ellen and Kat and, and like, you know, as I'm hearing Ellen, 
even saying the words she's saying like like I think the difference is is that sometimes people say that and I don't believe them all the time like and when Ellen says it I'm like I genuinely believe you and I feel better just being in your presence by you saying it. And I think that's why a lot of people congregate towards Ellen because it's like, okay, I'm going to go again. Like Brett said, this Island of peace, you just go in and, and she can say the same thing that's in your head. But when she says, it's like, okay, I believe you. I'm feeling better now. That's true. That's right. It doesn't sound like a cliche when it yeah, comes down yeah. from Ellen. And, uh, so that's good to know. You know, one of the things that I, I failed, and I didn't even prep anybody for this, uh, so here we go. Great. Um, I was supposed to say this in the message, and I did not. Um, I was going to point everybody to the podcast because we were going to – We I I said the fact that we received criticism, and I even brought up a criticism in – uh, in the message and responded to it. Uh, it was the knock on me, I wouldn't be anything without Bob Seymour. And I thought, well, okay, well, that's, uh, what else you got? Uh, of course that's true. Um, but, uh, we did want to kind of bring up what happens when, and Ellen could speak to this. I'm sure Kat can as well. How do you deal with criticism in a humble way? Uh, because things have been kind of voiced towards our church and towards whether it's me or whatever else. We've gotten phone calls and emails and Facebook posts. And sometimes people probably wonder how we respond to that. So let me ask you guys first, when you see that kind of thing, maybe posted on social media, let's just say about the church itself. How do you react? What does it make you think? Totally honest. Totally honest. And you may not <laughs> think I feel this way, but I just wanted to go take somebody out. <laughs> 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 I just we'll have to edit that out oh my gosh like that was my first reaction that's just, not right you know <laughs> but um, yeah also uh, is a response of you know what we're called to do is respond in love and forgiveness and and I eventually got there but it, not without a few feelings of angst and, and saying wait a minute None of this is right or true, you right, know, right. but I have to say to you, and I said this to you this morning was that I appreciated so much you using that as a teaching moment for all of us to realize that this is the way we should respond. And when, when you use the example of Bob Seymour and of course, you know, yeah, he's part of your, your team, your why you are who you are. It was so good to use that and acknowledge it and to say, we aren't anything without each other. We've got to have each other. And uh, I just really appreciated that, uh, the way you used that. And instead of not talking about it or, you know, um, it was and good. this was not was a good. setup either between you and I. We did <laughs> no, not, like I said, not. I did not it even mention not. this when we were doing a little pre-thing. No, uh, not at uh, all. And But, but it, it means a lot. So yeah, anyway, well, I and, and, and I, and I can say that about you and others that that's the point. Like, uh, there's a lot of things I would not be if it weren't for Ellen, weren't for Sarah, weren't for Kat. That's the, that's the point of the humble thing that the church is supposed right. to be. It's supposed right. to be this place where we're all holding power in service of one another, uh, giving preference to one another and honor. And the more we do that, um, the more we'll, um, tend to enhance each other's lives where we, uh, we can be a whole lot better together than we were apart. Kat, any thoughts on that when you've seen criticisms or received them yourself possibly and whether it's kids ministry or whatever and, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I think, um, my initial response to that is just my heart hurts for those people. Um, and I know for me personally, what one life has done for me, 
um, and for a lot of other people. And so, yeah, just knowing that they, they're obviously in a bad spot. And right. so just, um, just hurt. So you're like a compassion person. Mm. Oh, that's, that is, that's good. That's yeah. admirable because, because Ellen wanted Much, to take somebody out. I mean, that was her, kind of her first reaction. <laughs> Much and then, better than my then cats over Cats over here going, oh, you know, they're probably in a bad spot <laughs> yeah. and, and don't take them out yet. Just no. yet, Ellen. Don't, don't go, <laughs> no. don't, don't go after anybody just yet. So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, any thoughts from from you, Sarah? Not really. No, those are good. Not really? I don't really. I don't. Have, I mean, no. I think those are great. Yeah. I mean, my reactions are a little bit of both. So it's always trying to figure yeah. out. They're bouncing out, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people, you know, people do wonder. I've been asked, especially if it's on social media or something like that, why there's uh, there might not be any, any response at all. <laughs> the reason is because when I have responded in the past, it creates this giant discussion that starts having people that are unrelated to your church and unrelated to the subject. Mm, and it becomes yeah. a thing where you start by talking once about one subject, like humility or something, you end up talking about everybody's arguing over which dog breed is better. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just sort of this collected effect that starts happening. And so what we do try to do, uh, is, is contact people usually behind the scenes and invite them in. They can, people can come and they can sit down in, in, in my office or, uh, and just kind of have a discussion and let people unpack. Uh, cause we certainly know we're not above uh, things that could be criticized cause we're not perfect by any stretch. But if people wonder about that, how do you handle it with humility? Cause you can always, I've learned one, there's almost always a kernel of truth. I was coached that way. Even if somebody's really in a bad spot and they say something in a not very pleasant way, you want to take them out. Sometimes if you'll step back, you can see, well, yeah, I, I, there's probably a kernel of truth in there somewhere that I can learn or grow from. Uh, and then I want to be care more about the person themselves and trying to wa walk those things through. But uh, no one ever said it was easy, right? Right. No. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely something to learn. I mean, as you, I think each time you learn a little bit better how to handle things. I mean, sometimes you do it right, sometimes you do it wrong. But yeah. Each time you learn a little bit more. And we were having a meeting today where uh, one of our our elders said, and about the time you learn how all this stuff works, you're going to die. So that's <laughs> your life yeah. will be over, and yeah. you've got it down perfect. And there's there you go. That's yeah. the end. That's, that's how you right. know it's probably about the time you think you know everything. You might want to be careful because that might be your dying day. So that's kind of well, how it works. It seems like a good time to kind of wrap things up a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and we usually end with a question for Brett. No one has emailed one in, which you can still do that at podcast. No one cares. That was someone else's idea. <laughs> speaking of humility. Idea, okay. Like, okay. Here's what we can do. Ask Brett a question. Well, I think uh, you, you can ask anything. Well, no one's asking because they're like, we have lives. What do we want to know about his for? Yeah. But I mean, so what we do is so, uh, anyway, you can email at podcast at one life uh, Any questions or any feedback? But do either one of you guys have a question for Brett to close out today? See, they don't care either. <laughs> they it's it's just the point. It's humiliating, speaking of, you know. Uh, it's like, well, I don't know. Uh, you know why'd you choose that color shirt? It could be that. It could be anything. But I don't blame you for not having a question. Nobody's got a There's question? A, I know. That's What's it. your favorite coffee? My, oh. huh? My favorite coffee? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds you just interesting. Get in the mic there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for the softball for one thing. Second of all, this see, she's a person of peace. Uh, my favorite coffee—that's a great question. I think it's espresso roast from um, Starbucks, which is in violation of many of my uh, hipster friend kind of, you know, local coffee shop kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. I do uh, enjoy the espresso roast at Starbucks. But as long as—but my main rule is. 
uh, uh, the blacker, the more bitter, the more awful tasting, the better for me. That's mm. that's my rule around coffee. Uh, just strong, terrible tasting, nasty stuff is wonderful for me. So, <laughs> All right, I got a question. Oh, I'm you gonna, did? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I just fielded one. You did, but I, I got one. For doing that. And I asked this at our one of our student events last week to a couple of student leaders. I think it went over pretty well. I'm going to ask it again. So I'm going to ask all three of you oh good if you were a wrestler okay so wrestlers if anyone has never watched wrestling i watched a little bit as a kid i was a weird kid still a little weird and the as they walk out they have intro music like right entrance music what would your wrestler entrance music be wrestler intro music oh, wow. yeah, yeah yeah my i have to go with my initial gut and it's tom sawyer by rush because they they play that when i'm even before i was i was taping and preaching and yeah. stuff and i'm a rush head but that's I think a good it choice be, it gets that, people yeah, excited yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that yeah, gets people that's going right. plus yeah. I'm, a, I'm a rush junkie so yeah <laughs> and it would have to be an elvis song oh yeah Ooh, probably solid. but i don't know which one well, he himself used to do when he came out in concert. Yes, yes. Zarath- what is that? It's called Thus Spoke Zarathustra is the name oh of it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> I didn't know that. But people Are you heard making it. that it's, up? Uh, you know, 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yeah, that's where it came from. It's, that's what it's called. Really? So would you do, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I just oh, I know good. you. Well, that was works. That the thing you come out? And it would I match when you do that. Cat, oh, cat. Did you come to mind? Is Eye of the Tiger even oh, a name of yeah. a song? Yeah, that's yeah. a solid choice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was moderately popular. Was it? Back in the 80s or whatever that's, it was. That's my answer. Okay, did you have an answer? Uh, so I, I, I've been thinking about it off and on, and right now I think the song by um, uh, Starship, We Built the City. Ooh, I think really? it would be fun, because yeah. as soon as that first line comes on, it's like everyone would go crazy, because here I come running out. Yeah, that's, that's good. Nice. I'm impressed you even know it about that being only, you know, 17 yeah, or whatever right. this year that you're right. going to go back for yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that there is a starship. That's great. Yeah. So, oh, anyway, that's good. Kind of that was a good question. I have a question. Oh. What? <laughs> First of all, singular. Uh, she was trying great. to shut it down a while ago. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, go just up. real quick. Um, when you think back over the years of um, being in ministry, what is your most memorable next gen experience oh dear next gen world wow most memorable maybe we need to pick up the next episode with the answer to that okay most memorable next gen experience mm-hmm. whoa when you think back and i'm trying to remember i'm like uh-huh. <laughs> <most memorable laughs> the next gen can, can we pick up okay. literally pick up <laughs> yeah. the next i would have to think about that because okay. i know they're there but i'm like because i'm leading a student group now right which i'm collecting memories <laughs> of all sorts uh, with that group because uh, they're really interesting and uh, in a good way they're they're a lot of fun but boy either i'm getting old or they're getting more rowdy or something but uh this, so that's a member but I, I would have to think about that just a little bit so we'll open our next one with the answer okay. question Kat. to that question good very question. good one. i had to ponder it yeah that's so, good yeah. awesome so i'll do that i sorry to cop out but so that's the way we'll close it today. You guys can join us next week for episode five, where Brett will start with answering that question. Uh, thank you, Kat. And thank you, Ellen, for hanging out with us today. It's really fun. Like, I really honestly mean it. It's fun to just hang out with both of you and, and enjoy getting to hear a little bit about your worlds that we don't always get to see. So Thanks thank for inviting both. us. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we end. That's right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson.
To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.